Hello and welcome back. I'm Franny and you're listening to Into the World podcast where we talk about all things birth and motherhood. Each week I speak to a different parent about how their babies came into the world and how the journey unfolded. We share the good, the bad, the ugly and of course the funny bits. Because most of all, when things get tough, we all need a laugh. Happy listening. This podcast is very kindly brought to you by Rascal and Friends Diapers. I have, as you all know, been using Rascal and Friends Diapers for, well, almost a year now actually. And I just love them for everything from the design to the high-waisted fit to how soft they are on my children's skin and how the transition has been into the training pants for my toddler now. Everything about them has just been a dream and I love that they now do wipes as well. So get yourself down to Walmart if you live in Canada or Tesco's if you live in the UK and try them yourself because I know for a fact if you do, just like me, you will not switch back to another brand because the best thing about them being premium is the fact that they don't have the premium price tag. So check them out. Okay, so we're back. Um, I'm chatting to Amy because we kind of got a little bit cut off talking about the end of her story. And I, well, we recorded your episode, I think it was in September or maybe Mm -hmm. even the end of August. I can't quite remember. But some time has passed, obviously. You've had a lot going on and we never really got to talk about, well, one, where you're at now and two, like actually what's been going on with Roger since he was born. So obviously to recap, we kind of got to the point where you were chatting about Nurse X and how you felt she'd kind of wronged you a bit, like criminal negligence essentially, and you was finally figuring out what you wanted to do about it and feeling in a good place, I guess, to actually have the ability to talk about your birth. Mm -hmm. So tell us where you got with that. Yeah. So after recording the podcast, I decided I I needed to speak to a lawyer and just get some advice about how to move forwards with all of this. So at this point, I've actually spoken to three different lawyers that all came highly recommended that have all said that I don't really have a case because I'm not physically injured, only psychologically. And that quote unquote doesn't count. (laughs) Oh, they actually said that doesn't count. Well, they or said in, it's... as many words. Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially. So I, I'm not going to stop pursuing, trying to change things at the hospital mm-hmm. that this happened at. I really want this nurse investigated and her practices investigated. And I also want to make the hospital aware that, you know, I was dropped and it was not recorded in my medical records and And other people would have known that wasn't recorded because it's not like like collectively someone that there's enough people there that someone should have said hang on a minute yeah it hasn't been written down yeah and that actually falls on the the shoulders of the OB to not have written Uh, down that you know it's a fairly significant it's it's pretty significant and I saw my reports afterwards and it said mother was in no unusual distress and I was screaming that they were all amateurs and 
very upset very yeah. very upset well you'd had like almost like a concoction of drugs from it pooling it coming up mm-hmm. to like your shoulders with the epidural and then the fentanyl which every time I've mentioned someone fentanyl they're like fen- like fentanyl and I'm like <laughs> yeah like actual fentanyl mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. isn't normally one of your options is it? no no it was definitely a, a last resort and it was also great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> but, maybe in different circumstances it would be better. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a real shame that they consider that emotional trauma is doesn't count. Yes, it really kind does. Kind of a sad place for the medical system to mm-hmm. have as a standpoint. Really, I think. Yeah, it kind of shows you like what they consider mental health, like as yeah. in in like on the importance ladder, if you like. Absolutely. And it's, it's also upsetting because, you know, I've been, I've, I'm on my third therapist this year. I've got a trauma therapist. She's amazing. She's uh, really helping me work through all of this stuff, but they're not covered by insurance. And I wouldn't have to go to her if I didn't have such a traumatic birth. And so there are expenses involved in this, even if there are no physical injuries. And also those, those things also cause you to feel a certain way which can limit people on what they're capable of doing in terms of like working not working not to say that it's stopping you but if you broke your leg for example and you can't physically go do something there's it's not to say that your brain doesn't stop you from doing certain things too which can affect your livelihood your life your enjoyment absolutely or your pursual of more children growing your family all of that there are a lot of implications yeah. yeah so in terms of like where you're at then, have you hit like a bit of a dead end or? I I do feel that way now. So if anyone out there is listening that is a lawyer and wants to chat about any of this, please, get you know, touch. get in touch. Enig.mum, that, that's your handle, right? The yeah. dot enigmum. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put everything in the show notes anyway so people can find you, but... Yeah, that's kind of sad to be at that point. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm not entirely sure legally where things will go, but I definitely will make sure that this is all documented and that the hospital is made aware mm-hmm. of what happened. And you were telling me about uh, a hashtag before that's coming becoming like more prevalent in cases like your 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 own, I suppose. Yeah, um, I've just discovered it. It's called um, hashtag Conquer Silence. Um, and it's really interesting. A lot of women are starting to use it to um, share stories about um, mistreatment in uh, medical situations in hospitals and things, mm-hmm. um, especially pertaining to birth stories. So, Because um, I feel it's like really... it's something people don't talk about or it's that whole sort of like preconceived notion of fear of birth that if you have a like quote unquote bad birth or unpleasant experience however it sits on the spectrum of how bad it could be um it's almost like it kind of expected by some people because I know that I've definitely talked about hypnobirthing to people before and although I I think that can be kind of a dangerous topic when everyone thinks they should have a completely pain-free birth but I've been met a lot with people being like oh like how ridiculous like birth is horrendous kind of thing and Yes, it is for a lot of people, but I think it can be um, a nice experience too. Like it is possible, but it almost like devalues what happens to someone like yourself because it's like, oh yeah, yeah, of course your birth is going to be shitty. 
Yeah. Um, and almost like you're meant to get on with it, even if the things that have led it to be bad are actually uh, caused by other people, mm-hmm. like negligence or just the string of bad luck you had kind of leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know, that's kind of a sad place because I think as well people talk a lot about like, oh, you know, m- m- like the medical profession now and like you don't need to have a home birth, for example, because medicine has moved on so much but then when you kind of talk about it in this context it's like but has it yeah it's <laughs> true it's kind of like you're tossing a coin on both spectrums because there obviously are risks to having a home birth or as much as there are to having a hospital birth it's just kind of sad that they're not being addressed enough if that's kind of what you're being met with yeah like you're essentially it's not bad enough yes and I don't know what has to be worse (laughs) oh my god like what happened to happen to you and do they not consider your 80 stitches to be part of that or no I I actually don't I don't think that that uh, was anything that was avoidable okay like Roger's heart rate was dropping they needed to go in with those forceps and just pry them pry them out right and it just happened yeah wow that's mm-hmm. um that's brutal yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes and okay so tell us now more about because we never really got to touch on well oh sorry we did talk about the fact that Roger's heart sort of mended itself mm-hmm. which is incredible but what has been going on with him since because I know that your journey has been a very complicated one yeah and you had some pretty revel- revelatory news yesterday yes so it's kind of I don't know, kind of weird that the rest of this recording did get deleted because um, it's nice to have a proper uh, recap update. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us about that. Oh, my goodness. a lot's been going on, hasn't it? It has. So after Roger's heart healed itself, brilliant boy, he developed a lot of other symptoms and a lot of – he's got a lot going on in his little body. And so now – what yes. came up first, though? Can I just ask? Yeah. So first, he had a strange patch of fluid on his skull, and we found out that he has craniosynostosis, which is a premature fusion of the skull bones. Mm-hmm. And it didn't need any intervention or anything, but was is just that another the skull fuses together because mm-hmm. your babies have like soft skulls, right? And my yeah. right thinking, and his was becoming harder quicker before so the skull is supposed to be in four pieces i believe when a baby's born but his was in three so that his forehead right in the middle that part fused before he was born so it can cause issues as the brain grows his brain started growing out the back and his head was looking quite strange and he kind of had little points on his head found out yeah yeah um it's really filled out and he's got really cute curly hair now so you can't really tell i was gonna say i wouldn't know to yeah there was a time when it was very obvious but it's not now and it's not something that needs intervention anytime soon and probably not that out of the blue because you get all sorts of babies with flat heads yeah shaped yeah cone heads when they come out yeah yeah circumstances but then just the coles notes of some of the other things when we first put roger in like a circle of neglect like jolly jumper thing his feet flipped up and he would bounce on his heels and his feet the tops of his feet can actually go flush with his shins wow it's uh he's pretty bendy he's super bendy and so we were like we know newborns are 
really flexible, but is this normal? But and so his toes touch his yeah, knees yeah. So his doctor said, no, it's absolutely not. Let's do 10,000 tests on everything. So anyways, Roger's got a whole lot of uh, stuff going on with his joints and everything. And so anyways, fast forward, uh, Roger's 22 months old. And we finally yesterday got the official diagnosis from our geneticist of mm-hmm. um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So mm-hmm. It's a connective tissue disorder that affects all the joints and all the connective tissue in the body. Mm-hmm. And what's even more mind-blowing about this discovery is that yesterday at the same appointment, uh, I had a clinical evaluation as well and went through all my medical history and I got diagnosed with it too. Wow. Which is just mind-blowing, but it also explains the subchorionic tear that I had early in my pregnancy. And it also could explain why my tearing was so severe during um, childbirth because my connective tissues are crummy and they just kind of fall apart like wet Kleenex. So yeah, Um, so he's my missing puzzle. You've been dealing with this like your whole life, very bizarre things he was telling me, right? Yeah. I've never been fully connected. Yeah. So I've had all these like really weird medical emergencies throughout my life starting when I was like 10. And also I'm really short. We've never had an explanation for that. And it's so funny. We went through my whole medical history with the geneticist yesterday and he said, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome explains every single thing on here. So, wow. yeah. So it's, it's really validating for me to not feel like I'm just destined to always have bad luck or mm-hmm. uh, anything. It's, it's great to know. Um, and it's, it's nice to know for Roger because now we have access to more um, therapies and things for him. He has a, a much more severe case than, than I do. And because it's a progressive um, disease, it mm-hmm. will continue to get worse. Like his mobility will probably get worse and he'll experience a lot of chronic pain, which really sucks, but we have a name for it and we have a game plan now. So he's been the missing puzzle piece for so much. Kind of, yeah. I was going to say, and you was also saying about your husband before you got this news mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, you was kind of starting to think you had symptoms, and I know you've mm-hmm. been to some conferences to like, kind of, I guess, research. Yeah, uh, what was wrong with him? Um, still waiting for this diagnosis, and then you had some tests, but it was your husband. Am I right? Yeah, it was. It was got a- the carrier gene. Is that correct? Yeah, or ish. So I, uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm not. I'm not a geneticist, but I'm pretty close at this point. (laughs) So um, he, Rogers had three rounds of um, like increasingly more um, deep uh, genetic testing since he Mm -hmm. was born. And the most recent one that he had done found that he had mutations on two genes that affect um, collagen and connective tissues Mm -hmm. um, that are often linked to Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And so the more we'd been reading about EDS, um, the more I'd started thinking that I have a lot of the features as well. And so my husband's and my DNA were tested to see who had passed on these EDS genes. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, 100% it's Amy. Like, it's got to be. My fingers do weird things. I have lots of weird joint issues and stuff. And my jaw dislocates and all this stuff. So we were positive it would be me. And then it came back as my husband. And we were like, What? 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 Um, the chances of him being a carrier and you having it and you two meeting. So rare. Like, so, so rare. It has to be like one in hundreds and hundreds of thousands or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's very, very rare. Yeah. So we're now, all three of us are having full exome sequencing done 
of like all the genes that they know of. Wow. Um, yeah. So it'll be really interesting because I have to have something in my genetics that's causing this and they want to find what exactly it is and, um, and then see if it's happening in Roger and what it's coinciding with from my husband that is making things so severe for him. So it's just... It's just been but such a wild it journey. Technically, they're saying that your husband's carrier gene is what's sort of passed it on. Um, no, no, they're saying because he's healthy, because he has. He, so the genes that they found in my husband are of unknown significance. Okay. So there's a mutation, but it's not necessarily disease causing. So he has those, but because he has no symptoms, they don't think that that's what's causing everything in Roger. Right. So then they looked to me yesterday and did this head to toe clinical evaluation, like popped all my joints around, measured everything on my entire body. And, um, I got the diagnosis before Roger. They said, yeah, you have EDS and Roger has the same type of EDS that you do. So yeah, it's, it's been a roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a God. And thank you for talking to us about it. Like in lieu of that because you must be in shock it's pretty wild yeah (laughs) I feel like you take um this kind of news very like not on the chin I don't even know what the right thing to say is but in a very positive light but I'm sure it's very hard to like deal with in the background when the dust settles and yeah like can we just carry on normally yeah everyone wants right like not to have all these problems yeah but it is nice I feel about this recent diagnosis I I think it's really validating for me and a lot of the medical things I've gone through um and it's really just beneficial for Roger to be able to access you know more services and physio and things like that and me too yeah so also to know when you go into a situation coming up like kind of what you're getting yourself in for because it sounds like a lot of the things that you've had have been pretty life-threatening like you were telling me about your um I keep wanting to say tonsils but wisdom teeth teeth. and how your you got an infection and like Mm -hmm. everything became quite life-threatening so when no one knows what's going on that must be a lot more scary to have something done than yeah. Now, um, yeah. And now there'll be a hopefully. lot of precautions taken. And also a, um, a big feature, an important feature of EDS is that sutures don't hold very well because the tissue is again? so fragile. Like sutures, like stitches oh. Oh, don't okay. hold well. So that probably also explains like your AT stitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like why I required so many and stuff. And so if you know, and we're still discussing more kids. We definitely want more kids. I don't know if I want my body to do it. <laughs> um, there are a lot of ways to, yeah. to bring a baby into the world. The next story might be quite different, but um, yeah, uh, it's, it's good to know about these things beforehand so that we can be even more prepared if I do do this with my body. Right. And what would the, that look like? Would it be more of like a C-section situation where definitely. you're not- Okay. Yeah, I was told if I uh, have one more vaginal birth, I will not be continent. <laughs> so, yeah, C-section wow. it is. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. God, yeah. If you hear those words from a doctor before the fact, you like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going to take that seriously. Yep. Um, and how do you feel about that then? Like, does that? Uh, I don't know. That just sounds very stressful when it does. getting pregnant is hard enough, and staying I know. pregnant is hard enough. I know it's complicated and for C-section to be the only option of course you require lots of stitches after a C-section and if I have a body that doesn't do well with stitches that you know complicates things a lot so it's going to 
it's going to be a big decision involving my husband and me yeah. and a lot of doctors. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also um, we have at least a 50% chance of having another child with EDS mm-hmm. and um, it can vary in severity. And so that's something <clears throat> to take into consideration. But and Can I ask if that's something that can be affected by having IVF, for example, where they can do testing before the fact or? I don't. I don't know. You don't know. No, okay. I, just I don't know. I'm sure did. they could. I don't know because it is such a rare thing. It takes it, it takes like six months to find the gene. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it, we could do that with an embryo or anything. Yeah. But also, I kind of I don't know how I feel about that ethically either because I really You've believe that. Before, yeah. Like how you're saying in the first episode about. Yeah. I. I think that it's so great that Roger exists and that I didn't know any of this beforehand because mm-hmm. um, I, I'm glad it didn't change anything because I, I'm so glad he exists. And so um, I would be hesitant to kind of know too much and change yeah, your mind. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. even affect it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure this out. This is very new information. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you've got a lot to digest. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> and also, just to put into context for people who might, you know, sometimes you just need to know uh, about a particular disease or or disorder or whatever, but Lena Dunham has it, doesn't she? As she someone does. as a point of reference to people listening. Yeah. Um, I'd seen that you'd posted, I don't know, a link to her because she was talking about it recently. Where she yeah, she's gone just out come out with, saying um, uh, a cane. A cane. Yeah, babes with mobility aids. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, um, it was very neat to to see that she's being open and talking about it because it's great for Roger to have more role models out there and have this normalized. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and does it help to explain to other people for you or? It, it does. It does. Um, the part that I find is the hardest to explain to people is that, um, this isn't something that Roger will grow out of or Mm -hmm. overcome or that there's a cure for. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, I, I find often I'll say like, yeah, you know, he's, he's doing really well, you know, down the road, um, he might need more mobility aids and he's going to deal with chronic pain and he might be all ready. So those things are, you know, hard for me, but also hard to tell someone else. And then the impulse for other people is very often to say like, well, you never know. And they could come up with a cure. And I'm like, they can't cure every single gene in his entire body. They can't change every single gene. So for rare stuff is so So slim (laughs) so so slim um yeah which is which is sad but it's the reality um pharmaceutical companies and medical research gets put into what the majority of the population has rather than yeah what a handful of people have or Mm -hmm. whatever um which is sad but it's kind of the reality isn't it and how does it affect you like are you in chronic pain i I am actually that yeah. I've never really kind of acknowledged, acknowledged, mm-hmm. or um, even had the band emotional bandwidth lately to just deal with. Um, but yeah, my jaw has dislocated so much over the last ten years that my jaw joint um, is totally eroded, and the so kind of like your kneecaps, you kind of have those like a bony 
movable cap on top of your um, mm -hmm. jaw joint. And mine has come on both sides has completely broken off and fused to my bottom jaw. So I essentially have wow. like very bad arthritis in um, my jaw. And so I can't eat chewy things or open my mouth very wide. Oh or, yeah. And they're all quite invisible, aren't they? So they I'm looking are. at you now, you look healthy. Like yeah happy just all it's the an things. invisible illness it's an invisible chronic illness and I I don't identify as disabled and um I don't identify Roger yet as disabled mm -hmm. he he most likely will be um but it's, to look it's a at real him thing with, without with anything but his sort of like kind of pretty discreet braces that yeah. he wears on his ankles am I right mm -hmm. um he looks like a normal, almost two-year-old, right? Yeah, he does. He totally does. And cognitively, he's right on track. But um, physically, he's quite behind in speech right now. But he's signing like three-word sentences, which oh is incredible. Oh, my God. Incredible. His signing is incredible. His signing is – he picks up signs quicker than I do. I have to go, oh, what was that one again? Oh, yeah, I did that three days I, ago. What was your that? Your signing has, like, inspired me at some point to start doing it again. It's really fun. one of my kids. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I I think it's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. And they often say like if kids can communicate, that mm -hmm. they'll. And I don't know. I have a boy who didn't speak till really at all till over two and a half properly, um, and I'm mm. pretty sure it was mostly because he was lazy and just didn't, <laughs> didn't need to. He was very yeah. good at communicating by pointing and shouting. That's the thing. And yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't say. Although I know a lot of people were telling me at the time it was they're behind. Yeah. In quotes, but. I don't know. I, yeah. I think it, I don't think it's an issue as such unless there's something else. Yeah. Well, now we're, now that it. we have the official diagnosis, um, we're going to try and find a speech therapist that specializes in like physical, um, reasons why sounds aren't coming out because, uh -huh. um, Roger's jaws started kind of popping out of place and uh, because okay, he has so a muscle tone and the tongue is such an important muscle. Mm -hmm. We think that maybe there's something like physical that's hindering the verbal communication because it's not his brain. Like his, his signing is quite, quite wow. advanced. So. Well, you might as well get yeah. all the help you can get. Oh yeah. In this situation because it's expensive ultimately it to have a child who has, um, more excessive needs than yeah. the average so yeah oh, they're expensive little buggers aren't they I know. <laughs> it doesn't really matter whether you're buying an ipad uh, for yeah. them or you have to get something else it's like there's no way of having ch children cheaply I don't think absolutely I wanted to ask like what's been helping you get through this at your worst and your best because I feel like you have such an incredible attitude towards everything but I don't want to downplay how hard it must be for you so much of the time because it's been pretty relentless, whether it's your health. Mm -hmm. And even just like knowing that your whole family has it must be quite overwhelming. I mean, yeah, I, I just can't imagine. Um, how do you cope, basically? Um, I Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> therapy. I cannot say enough how incredibly, therapy. yeah, mm -hmm. like, weekly check-ins with my therapist has been really really helpful um and do you I, have that to cover everything in terms of like um your birth trauma and what's yeah. ongoing for you as a family yes and yeah um it's been tremendously helpful um I I I don't know I we, there there aren't many options for how you can deal with this you know when you've got a little mm. kid you just have to keep going yeah they don't stop and so you can't and 
So my husband and I are getting really good at just saying, okay, it is what it is. Let's take this information and move forwards. Um, I find reading like obsessive research, uh, reading medical journals is really helpful. Really the most helpful thing that I've found through this entire journey is connecting with other moms, going Mm -hmm. through similar diagnostic journeys with their kids. Searching Roger's symptoms in hashtags on Instagram connected me with moms all over the world that I now talk to on a daily basis. And yeah. I don't think nice is the right word, but it's It's nice to make a connection Mm -hmm. with somebody um, Mm -hmm. who understands. Yeah. And then to get messages saying, hey, that post you did today reminds me of my child and, you know, thank you for sharing. It makes me feel less alone. Like that, mm-hmm. it, that is amazing to feel helped and supported by moms that have come before me and hoping that I can do that for moms yeah. that come after is, is really amazing. I think sharing and telling our story has been just the most beneficial. So thank you again for oh, God, allowing no. me to thank you for share this. But I think, uh, Oh, well, I'm, I'm wondering, is that connection with someone useful in terms of, um, like, obviously you can read all this research, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's not very, how does that affect me? How could that affect my child? Like, it can be quite, like, medical jargon almost. So mm-hmm. talking to these mums, is it sort of reassuring to have that, oh, this is how it's affecting her child? Like, actually, like, what do we do on a day-to-day basis? Is that... Yeah, makes it maybe less scary or more scary. It does. And I've also found way more information from other moms in terms of because EDS is quite rare and because it being diagnosed in kids isn't documented a lot. um, A lot of the information I've got about caring for young children with EDS has been from other moms who are like, Mm -hmm. yeah, our our doctors have, have no idea what's going on. This is what I've learned from my research. And this is what I've put together from all our specialists and from my son's very specific symptoms. And this is how we have approached climbing the stairs independently or or like this is what actually worked for us like give it a go or something yeah or sometimes I'll get a message from someone random someone from Germany recently sent me a message and said hey um have you had this specific test um my son had really or my daughter had really similar issues we got this testing done found out xyz you know it's it's really interesting people are really helpful and want to help and it's just a pooling of information that is more um up to date than medical journals actually and like practical too I'd Mm -hmm. imagine they're probably Mm -hmm. not giving you a step-by-step guide to how to deal with it for your child they're more stating the yeah obvious or like the actual symptoms and such yeah and it's not like this is how the joints will you know fall apart over time it's more like hey this is how we've helped my small child be successful in this mm-hmm. it's much it's much more positive and anecdotal I know you've done a lot of um sort of like Montessori style learning for him mm-hmm. as well so that he can kind of adapt a little bit by himself and you can help him rather than him being limited by what people say he can and can't do yeah we're trying to give him as much independence as possible and so he has a hard time um like holding utensils or crayons or making a fist um it seems to hurt him and um now we know like his his hand joints pop pop out of place a lot so um a really easy fix we've done is just taking 
hair curlers. And I think we spoke about it earlier, wrapping them around um, the handle of paintbrushes and toothbrushes and crayons and markers and everything so that he doesn't have to close his hands as much. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just simple things like that. And um, because he's not very strong, having small light baskets with his toys in them that he can pull off shelves himself or slide across the ground um, because he's not great at um, carrying things and balancing. So Mm -hmm. keeping lots of things on the ground really helps him be independent and um, access his toys um, in a way that he can do himself and play like a toddler. Yeah. And I know you've also had a lot of trouble like finding childcare for him as well. Yes. (laughs) People don't, because he needs that extra attention. Mm -hmm. They almost want to couple him with younger children, which isn't very progressive for him either. Yeah. It's been very, disappointing and um upsetting trying mm-hmm. to find childcare because a lot of daycares say they won't take kids in the toddler room unless they're walking and Roger does walk which we're so proud of and took like a year of physiotherapy to do mm-hmm. um and lots of hard work from him yeah but um he gets tired easily and he gets injured a lot like if he overdoes it if he's been you know really active one day the next day sometimes his leg starts turning completely backwards and he trips over his own feet. So um, in those instances, we need to take him home from daycare or um, he, he, that kind of thing. Hmm? Do you have to monitor him quite a lot yeah. in those situations? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, after an injury or something like that, he, he sometimes doesn't walk for a few days. And so his walking isn't consistent. So um, daycares are able to refuse us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are like, disability spots in a lot of daycares but the wait is like two years long and by that point he'll be in kindergarten and there's no point so yeah we've been offered a spot in the infant room uh meaning roger would be with like teeny tiny infants and he is almost two and he loves trucks and bashing things and you know everything working around everywhere and destruction and yelling and he would just like trample all these little infants yeah he's kind not, of not fair on them or fair on him in a way yeah because he's he has mobility issues but he's that doesn't affect his activity level at all he is so go 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 and you're still chasing yeah. a toddler all day exactly exactly so I yeah i know you've been saying recently on your instagram as well that like a tantrum is like a nice normal problem to have where yeah i know you posted recently <laughs> being like yeah, he's been a nightmare today, but in all the normal ways that we want versus exactly EDS issues and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, days of regular toddler stuff that make me, you know, grit my teeth and tear my <laughs> hair out are a lot you better than <laughs> like, you know, sitting with him in pain and then having a little cry myself. <laughs> like those, those are the days that we don't like. I love when he runs away or colors on the walls or, um, yeah. you know, has a big public tantrum because that's, that's what he's supposed to be doing. That's yeah. what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'd imagine you have to snatch those moments when you can. Yeah. Okay, so the finishing questions, I feel like I have to ask you this, but um, uh, just to round off with something, like, nice. We Mm. didn't get to this before. What moment of motherhood has made you laugh the most? Like, have you had a mum fail? Has he done something? Um, Has he drawn up the walls? I don't know. Like, what is something that sticks out as your, like, humorous memory? Oh, my No pressure as, like, an ex-comedian, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. There's so many. This kid is just hysterical. Oh, I actually hear you put about his first steps where 
he did it completely without warning and you was like, Oh my gosh, I am so proud of that video. I think it's like, it's going to be so cool to show him. Yeah. We, I was making a little video. I've, I've kind of documented some of his progress in physio on, on my Instagram. And I was in the process of making a video showing, uh, uh, how he's so close to walking. And while the camera was rolling, he let go of the table and took his first steps. And my husband was there and I was there and the camera was on and it was perfection. Yeah. It was just, I've it watched, was perfection. I watching it. Yeah. Oh, and he looks so happy. Like I have watched that video at least a billion times. It's just mm-hmm. so amazing. So that was a really, a really, really incredible moment. And it must be so pivotal for you where you know, you knew you was going to have challenges with him walking and it was probably Mm -hmm. a question of like, will he, won't he, when will he? And I've seen the video where like, obviously he, you're kind of like tempting him to do it. He goes to do it and both you and your husband are like so shocked and flawed by it that you're, you can just see that look of like, what the fuck just happened? And we got it on camera. Yeah. And he just looks so proud. Oh, it's, oh, it's just incredible. And it'll be such a piece of his journey that you've managed to document so well that mm-hmm. it'll yeah. be more important, I think, like to be able to show him than, I don't know, I didn't manage to get any of those moments on camera. But yeah. if I had, I feel like it's just so much more profound for me. Yeah, absolutely. And something else that's been happening recently because speech is is slow to come. Right before I put him in his crib every night, we do like a little nose nose kiss yeah and then I say I love you in sign language uh-huh. and he started doing it in sign language and then he goes vuh, vuh, vuh. <laughs> and it's so amazing he's saying I love you he's saying it in his own oh. special way he does everything in his own way on his own timeline but he's doing it and he's loving and he's laughing and he's that he's, must be so heartwarming oh, yes he's just incredible um, and if you could give yourself a piece of advice before you started this epic journey to have kids, what would it be? Probably that you can handle more than you think you can, mm-hmm. and you can do it with grace, and you are the best person to be your child's parent. Yeah, well. And I, I feel like I have to just say how graceful you are with all of this trauma, stress, everything else that um, to meet you, you would think you was the most happy-go-lucky person ever. And I think to come out the other side of all this and always be smiling is something that's really remarkable because I'm sure you don't always feel like smiling, but you're you're very good at it. Thank you. <laughs> and you are very graceful in terms of how you handle yourself. But yeah, you wrote here and you will bounce back stronger and you certainly have. So, my God. But the questionable questions, what would you do a day without Roger or if you had some time completely to yourself? Like, what's your idea of like a blissful day out without children, obviously? Staying in pajamas all day, eating (laughs) one to two entire bags of all dressed chips and watching Netflix and knitting that's that's all I want to do all I want to do is 24 hours where I can just not leave the couch eat disgusting food leave the garbage on the coffee table 
and watch Netflix. It could be like a, le- a legitimate <laughs> snob, not snob, sorry, slob, and slob. not feel yes. bad about it. Yes, I just want to be a slob. Yeah, yeah, I just want to be a slob. I do often <laughs> fantasize about that because when you're a parent, you're, not, you're like, oh, if I make the mess, like, it's going to take me ages to figure that mm-hmm. out. So yeah, that would be nice. And book a cleaner. I think you need you can do that. Yes, someone can clean your house, so you can be a slob, and it's no no yep. problem to you mm-hmm. afterwards. Yes. And I don't know, as a knitter myself, who has been knitting a blanket for about four years. Yeah, I saw, I saw your photos of that on Instagram. Oh, it's beautiful. I need to finish it. It's like driving me nuts, but it's the hardest thing to do with a kid. Mm-hmm. I actually tried to take Bodie to see, or I did take Bodie to see Frozen and tried to do it. Because I was like, you know, he's not going to bother me. We're going to watch Frozen for two hours. And one, I fell asleep. And two, I kept, <laughs> kept dro- dropping stitches in the dark. Oh, no. Where I was like, oh, it doesn't matter if it's kids doing it. It's just really impossible to knit with children. Yes. But it's such a nice, like, I'm sure yeah. you, if that's the, your thing to do on your your day off, if you like. Yes. It's just so therapeutic, isn't it? It really is. But yeah, and obviously the pictures that we showed on the Instagram of you doing the, um, you knitted it yourself, didn't you? Yeah, the, I knitted our Halloween costumes, <laughs> which Santa I'll stuff. never do again. So, that is so a much real knitting. dedication to the cause. Yeah. I, 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 um, I think people don't realise how long it takes to knit something. Mm-hmm. I think the last time I met with you, you'd knitted the kind of like crochet uh, summer top you had on. Yes, um, yeah. And often I'm sure people will say to you, oh, you should like make those and sell them. And it's like... I'm like, I'd have to pay myself 25 cents an hour. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you'd have to charge a grand for it. Exactly. Because it took you like a full week to do. (laughs) But yeah, no, I can appreciate that being like a really nice day. Well, thank you for updating us. And thank you for sharing your story and being such a bright person in the world Um, despite everything that's going on behind the scenes and I wish you the very best of luck with whatever comes next whether it's more babies or more help with your diagnosis and such so good luck good luck luck to you and thank you for sharing with us and thanks to everyone for listening because I think it's really important (laughs) to acknowledge that yeah like this was a long story because so much has happened to you but um yeah happy listening everyone thank you thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast it means a lot to me and all the guests involved because bearing your soul and opening your heart to tell your birth story is sometimes a really difficult thing if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast please rate review and subscribe and also enter this week's giveaway to a chance to win something fab just for yourself thanks for listening and allowing the guests of the podcast to have their voice and their story heard forever grateful franny